Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hey, hey, Newsbusters listeners, you are listening to the Newsbusters podcast, specifically the Hump Day edition. That's right. I, Curtis Houck, your managing editor, am back from vacation. I mean, I was back Monday, but I was a little busy uh, taking care of some things. No AC at my place. Uh, so, <laughs> not, and, and the temperatures here have not been welcoming for that. Exactly. And so, of course, that is your associate editor, Nick Knight Train Fonacaro. Choo choo. Choo choo. Uh, so, let's, we were just going to get right to it because we've got a number of things uh, on the website, things that have happened since Monday's program. And we also have more things to come. So if you are watching or listening, excuse me, listening to this podcast on Thursday or Friday or anytime after, always check the site for new things that are coming up, including we have a new poll coming up. So I'm just going to leave it there because we want everybody to hear about it. So the first thing we wanted to look at here, Nick, is the mm-hmm. latest coverage total from the Hunter Biden uh scandals life of ruin on the broadcast networks coverage of that versus the trump indictment and our jeff dickens put out a new finding you know so you may recall one of our first numbers was 491 minutes on the trump indictment and zero on biden burisma bribery allegations that's still at zero yep but the trump number oh boy has gone up to now 510 minutes that, that that was a lot because I remember the last time we gave an update on everybody on the podcast on Monday, we were just like, we're one minute short of 500 and yeah. now we just blown past it. We just blew right past it. Um, and this is, it's starting to get toward, I mean, you think about the Trump, uh, Russia collusion stuff though, is that like 2000 minutes or something like that, that mm-hmm. Rich had, you know, that now was years. I, I feel like the media has done more time talking about Joe Biden's CPAP mask today than they've done about the WhatsApp total. Just like I mean, we'll find out here in a, we'll find out here coming up uh, yeah. as we're recording this on Wednesday ahead of the Wednesday night newscasts. Uh, we'll see, you know, what those numbers look like since. But I think you're I think you're on safe ground to say that they might spend more time on the sleep app machine than um <laughs> than that. Um. So anyway, but the other reason we did this is to look at coverage of the WhatsApp messages that have been unearthed released, exhumed, of Hunter Biden basically engaging in a shakedown of a Chinese business associate, uh, saying he's sitting with his father waiting for a response to a business proposal. Uh, And then uh, he tells uh, him that the then former vice president will make the business partner regret not responding. So it's kind of a shakedown. Uh Oh yeah, you're gonna and, you're gonna do what we want, and if you don't, not only will I make your life hell, my dad will, and he's the former vice president of the United States. I, I was speaking with uh, one of our good friends, Alan Nathan, on his radio program today, and I and I made the point that even if Hunter was just using this as a like like Joe wasn't actually there, and he was using it as an intimidation tactic, at some level, right. the the his business associate believed it, which means. He's used to Joe being in on the in on these deals 
And he, at some point he expected Joe to be an influence in the deal, which is why he took it seriously. And our friend, uh, or uh, great Stephen Nelson of the New York Post, asked Joe Biden about this today on the rope line. And he shook his head and laughed and said, oh, no, you know, uh, no. And you're like, okay, all right, sure. But anyway, we looked at coverage from Thursday, June 22nd through the morning of Saturday, June 24th. And the WhatsApp coverage came down to five minutes and three seconds, which is actually more than I would have expected when I was still on vacation. So I, I learned about these numbers after the fact that I was like, wow, that actually it accumulated that much time. For, but then again, you notice – what did I just say the parameters were? Thursday, the evening of Thursday, June 22nd, through the morning of Saturday, June 24th. So what does that mean? Here we are on June 28th. There hasn't been any coverage since. The story is just completely evaporated. Even on their Sunday shows. Even on their Sunday shows. That is an excellent point. Uh, where people who are political junkies more incl inclined, I guess, to follow as, the news. As, as somebody who ended up watching all of those since our Kevin Tober was also on vacation, uh, he or uh, the, the the Sunday shows basically got some really wonderful cover from uh, uh, Yeni Bergozin and his little rebellion in Russia because they were, it was mostly them talking about that as opposed to which allowed them to not spend a lot of time on domestic politics. And when they did, most of it was whining about uh, the one year of Roe being overturned. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, anybody who's like saying that this is like a Russian like ploy or this was like fake, this was staged. This was a or false was bought flag. by or bought by the CIA. Like, stop, stop, stop embarrassing yourself. Or that Putin is somehow some like, you know, playing uh, four dimensional chess, four dimensional chess player with this thing. I mean, no, don't yeah. do that. Stop. You're embarrassing yourself. Um, so. That leads me to the next Hunter Biden development that we've been dealing with here. Mm -hmm. The IRS whistleblower. You remember that was a thing for a couple days, a few months ago. Well, this person is actually now coming forward and putting their name to their face and coming out before the cameras. And so that happened last night, uh, Tuesday night mm -hmm. and Wednesday morning on not just Fox News, he did an interview with Special Reports Brett Baer, but then he also did an interview with CBS's Jim Axelrod. So that ran on Tuesday's CBS Evening News and Wednesday's CBS Mornings. Surprisingly, the Today Show, despite not having the exclusive, included it in their roundup of 2024 coverage. One minute and four seconds on Wednesday. You mm -hmm. add up CBS's coverage of their exclusive interview... It was a strong seven minutes and five seconds. So, I mean, that's a, yeah. When we, when you were, you were mentioning about the five minutes and you were surprised that they were giving it that much. The, 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 the network that's been giving it mostly the coverage, like be far and away is CBS because you got Catherine Herridge, formerly with Fox, who's been sort of placed on the back burner with a lot of this where she's, she's been, resorted to tweeting about it. Yeah. Tweeting about it, like highlighting papers, documents and showing them, putting them out on Twitter and then posting her, her stories on CBS online. And but now she's she, she's got her time in the sun. And while she's doing some of this, you also have uh, Jim Axelrod, who ha has been on this, too. And that was the name that was uh, slipping my mind uh, during the other podcast. But he he's been over this, too. And he's he's been treating it seriously. He interviewed he, the lawyer for. Yeah. For uh, for this IRS agent before. 
mm-hmm. now he's interviewing the IRA per- the person. IRS agent in person and and his uh, questions Mr. Gary Shapley yeah and his uh his his questions to Shapley are not like condescending they're not demeaning they're not really like accusatory that he's like he's there's a general a, a genuine rather uh sense of intrigue and actual interest in what he has to say well I would say the way the coverage has been is if you watch these clips in the videos for our blogs at Newsbusters both this time with my post about the interview with Mr. Shapley and those of a number of blogs from a few weeks ago about the interview with Shapley's lawyer it's um it's kind of really how an interview should go, especially when someone has allegations to come forward. It's kind of like, so what you're saying is blank. So what do you say blank? You know, they're going to say blank. It's very like, mm-hmm. it's more about gathering information for the public, you know, and that's kind of one of those things where you're like, this is the public good, you know, are they fulfilling the public good by informing the public uh, with things that, you know, seem plausible or worth investigating we're thinking about the who, what, where, when, why, how. Um, Jim Axelrod, yeah, it's kind of here are the facts. This is what this person is saying. Mm-hmm. This side denies this, you know, kind of whatever. Um, it's not very, it's not incestuous or it's not very like uh, scandalous in his rhetoric. He's not like, oh my gosh, look at this. What does this mean? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you may want to think that sometimes, but if you want that, you know, analysis and speculation, that's why you turn to primetime cable. Fox News, Newsmax, you know, podcasts like ours where we're going to do the analysis. You're going to uh, tune into, again, podcasts on like, you know, the Daily Wire and everywhere else or, you know, pundits on Rumble, wherever. Yeah. But for that purpose where you're supposed to be an actual journalist, you're not really going to get the analysis uh, or you Which shouldn't, is, but it, or at least from him. Now you could bring in other people like Major Garrett or John Dickerson, who they usually do for that. But I don't, that's not really what you should expect from somebody like Jim Axelrod or Catherine Harridge. And all this to say, they're journalists doing their jobs in this situation. And, and we can compare this to what we've previously talked on the podcast with uh, earlier in the la- in the last few days, uh, last week, uh, with John Carl when he was on the View immediately after the plea deal came out. And we discussed it here that uh, we played the audio where he, he was basically saying, it's like, oh, there's there's no evidence of any sort of wrongdoing at all by the investigators, by the Biden family, even though he would he literally later in the same answer go on to admit it's like, oh, yeah, it was kind of shady that uh, Hunter got a two point eight carat diamond from a Chinese business guy for like no reason. And even admitting that the Bur- the original Burisma deal, like the, the hiring deal was really shady and me and just ignoring Hunter admitting to, I believe was an ABC reporter in an interview that the only reason he was hired was because of his name being Biden and he wouldn't have been hired for any other reason besides that. Right. And one of the other previous news cycles that I was thinking of was uh, ABC, CBS, NBC. In addition to the uh, lawyer coming forward, we also had a number that Jeff did uh, looking from April 19th to April 23rd on the revelation that uh, now Secretary of State Tony Blinken was behind the letter discrediting the laptop. That got 24 minutes and 56 seconds as part of other Hunter Biden scandals. Um, that included the whistleblower coverage and the laptop and other things. Um, 
so kind of was all folded in together um so one of the other things i want to touch on there there are a couple quick hits that i want to mm-hmm. look at here yeah. our alice christie has a story on the Anheuser-Busch CEO, Brendan <laughs> Whitworth, appearing you, on CBS. Oh, my gosh. The you guy. You were very enthused by this oh, one. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I was working on uh, the Hunter Biden stuff today, so I, I, Alex took this one. And the the thing about this is it's the level of corporate speak from this guy. It, it's just – it was so boring. I mean, it was just so it standard. Was, it was as watered down and milquetoast as Bud Light itself. Right, right, exactly. Uh, that would have been your headline yep. if you would have written that. Or <laughs> if it yeah. would have been too many characters, that would have just been your Twitter headline. Because um, mm-hmm. it was all just like this pity party. It was like, whoa, is me. It's been a challenging few weeks. And he said, quote, I think the conversation surrounding Bud Light has moved away from beer. And the conversation has become divisive. And Bud Light really doesn't belong there. Is Moved, uh, moved away from beer. The The conversation wasn't o- about your beer itself. It was about you guys throwing your hat, throwing at any sort of corporate weight behind uh, the transgender ideology of like thinking that you can just, you're, you're born in the wrong body and just Dylan Mulvaney's ridiculousness of like, I'm a woman and I'm just going to prance around because I think this is what women act like, even though it's just completely offensive to women. Right. And that's the entire point about all of this. The culture wars were not started by conservatives. The media will try and tell you that it was started by conservatives, mm-hmm. that they're the ones conservatives are pitching culture wars. No, the left decided to redo history books. The left is the one that has decided to encourage transgenderism. The left is the one that has put on all of these sorts of crazy pride marches. You have NBC News out there trying to, news.com saying, you know, we're coming for your kids is actually endearing. Is oh yeah, endearing. they 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 openly claim that like the we're coming for your kids chant at at the drag march. I think it was like in New York or someplace. It, exactly, and, and so- they they said it was like historically a chant for them. Ima, they provide no evidence of that, and really behind behind like any sort of activist that was there, like they pre- they present no evidence, and it's it's a complete like Orwellian re- trying to rewrite. Our Alex Christie nailed it in his piece when he wrote, quote, For CBS, it's not that Bud Light chose to do business with a progressive culture warrior. It's that conservatives noticed. Exactly. I mean, that's that's exactly that's, it. That's the whole that's the whole idea of the conservative pounce meme at this point. The, like, it's not the story that's the story. It's the conservative reaction that's the story. Right, exactly. That's the scandal. And something else that our Alex Christie did, because, you know, uh, you would be the Fredo person turned view scribe. Mm-hmm. I did the I've done the White House press briefing. Now I also have the morning shows, but White House press briefings my kind of main wheelhouse. Our Alex Christie, uh, he's been doing a fantastic job since he's joined us. Really having day in and day out coverage of the late night comedy shows mm-hmm. up until was it a few the, months ago a month ago now yeah like or a month plus of, yeah maybe when, like two months ago the writer strike when the writer strike happened since then he's not really been able to do a whole lot of that unfortunately but the good news was he was able to get briefly back on the saddle yesterday with the new york times piece a long piece from jeremy peters um you know complaint and matt flagenheimer uh but really it's jeremy peters he's just ugh. Nauseating, four thousand word profile of Greg Gutfeld bemoaning the fact that Greg Gutfeld and his brand of comedy have not only been a ratings hit for Fox News, but a huge ratings hit 
across the board. Mm-hmm. And then when pre-writer strike, all the shows would be on, Gutfeld would beat them. Again, we have to remind people, this is a cable. Whereas the broadcast networks, Colbert, Fallon, Kimmel, you know, back in the day, you used to just need rabbit ears. Now you just need another little box. Or even if you still have rabbit ears, you can still pick up these broadcast networks. So really anybody mm-hmm. can watch these shows and Gutfeld beats them. Yeah. And so they're just uh, hurting in the rears. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> um, complaining that, you know, Fox is, uh, you know, they're just Nihil- boorish. Promoting nihilism. Nihil- they're nihilism and they're just boorish and their behavior and their comedy is so biting and terrible and it's divisive, helping to further drive the country apart and drive Americans into, you know, partisan media ecosystems, all that, these sorts of things. And we don't all just sit around and watch the same shows like we used to. That That's sort of like... The- he the, he he describes all those things like they're bad, but that that was the whole uh, allure that the left had with Alec Baldwin's Trump, right? And and all of SNL's comedy, quote unquote, comedy skits that go after Republicans. Jimmy Kimmel going after Bill Cassidy yeah. and other Republicans who wanted to repeal and replace Obamacare. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Stephen Colbert's holster comments, except there was yeah. a certain word before that. Uh, implying that Kellyanne was a prostitute. I mean, there's any number of things that have happened just over the last few years. Samantha Bee's entire existence. Oh, yeah. uh, On TBS. Exactly. For that matter was, I mean, you want to say that was smart and cunning. Yeah, they admitted in in the piece that, you know, those kind of shows are left of center, but they don't really render a judgment on it, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, but not surprising. Like when Samantha B went after that kid for having no- that, that that CPAC attendee for having Nazi hair. Right. And it's like, oh, he had Ooh. brain surgery, so his hair is cut weird because they needed to make the incision. And, and she just got that thrown back in her face. And I believe she donated money to the guy's like recovery or something like but that. But Gutfeld yeah. making fun of liberals, uh, you know, yeah. in a crass matter or doing a bit about uh, an older female teacher sleeping with a teenage boy student is like crossing a line yeah and even with the samantha samantha b thing even if the the guy didn't have cancer you're punching down at just some college kid and some random yeah, person, just, yeah. yeah it's just some random college kid and you're punching down as somebody with a national brand and audience like yeah, it makes re- no sense yeah. it made no sense yeah so there's two more things i want to hit here before we end the show the abbreviated episode here jackie heinrich and Stephen Nelson made sure to greet Prince De- Principal Deputy Press Secretary Olivia Dalton yesterday. KJP was out yesterday, so she handled the briefing. Um, and they made sure to mention things about Hunter Biden and uh, 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 the border or uh, the economy, or excuse me, the economy and Hunter Biden um, and Joe Biden's fitness for office. I should point that out. Um, So let's just play a clip here of kind of how that went along for them uh, with Jackie and Steven and how Olivia responded. Let's take a listen. What message is the president trying to send um, to the American people when he invites his son to the state dinner and Camp David as we saw this past weekend amid everything he's going through? Every president of the United States has invited their family to state dinner. This president also has a family. Uh, he is no different. And um, beyond that, I'm just not going to engage on this. This, this former 
White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki um, acknowledged that optically that might not have been easier for the White House. Um, can you elaborate on, on that at all, the decision to, to invite the President's son amid everything that he's going through and what challenges that poses uh, for, for this White House to explain? Like every other administration, like every other president, this president has a family, uh, and he did exactly what m many prior administrations have done. And beyond that, I really don't have any comment on this. About the lunch, uh, President Obama reportedly told President Biden ahead of 2020, quote, you don't have to do this, Joe, you really don't. Uh, can you say if a similar message was shared today? I can't, and I don't know what you're referring to. Uh, regarding whether he should continue to serve in public life. I, I, I don't know what you're referring to, and I don't have any comment on it. And the on last week. Um, does the White House believe Attorney General Garland committed uh, perjury when he testified under oath that Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss could bring charges outside of his district? I don't have any comment on this. Anita, uh, go ahead. Ten days Stephen, of, I'm uh, moving on. So as you can tell, it doesn't sound that entirely different. Although, you got to give her credit, it was... You know, she did speak in complete sentences, so that was nice. She sounded a little bit more coherent than usual uh, from KJP. So she sounded a little bit more like John Kirby. Um, so who knows? We'll see what happens with that. And speaking, and speaking, yeah. I was gonna say, speaking of KJP. Yeah. So uh, on the View yesterday, or, or she, today? Yeah, it was yeah. today. Well, no, I was gonna say on the on the View yesterday, they teased that KJP was gonna be on the show today. Oh. Uh, on Tuesday, the Tuesday uh. she was going to be on Wednesday. She's been and, on the show before, right? Uh, yeah, she's been on the show yeah. before. That's where they yeah. they defended her, and she stuck by her her claims of denying the results of the 2016 election. Yes, okay. And basically, uh, so I was sitting there, I'm watching, and the the, the show description has know. has has her that she's there, and I'm sitting there like it's like the last five minutes, and we're like, where where's, where's KGP? We we found out later from our, from CBS's Ed O'Keefe that uh, she she actually pulled out at the last minute because Biden, being the hero of the union workers, found out that the View still was still broadcasting while the uh, the Biden White House found out that the View hires writers and that the show was going on without them on the show, even though they don't actually write anything anymore. Uh, so in, in order not to to cross the picket line, KJP pulled out. She was apparently supposed to go. You, yeah. you know, she learned only learned last night, which is kind of pathetic on their end in terms of planning from the White House press office, because this yeah. was an entire bit when the strike every, began. This was a thing with The View. Yeah, literally almost every episode, Whoopi starts off by going, as a, or almost, yeah, almost every episode, Whoopi goes, just as a reminder, we where we don't have writers, so if things are get hinky, it's because we're trying to hold things together. We stand with our writers, hoping they get what they want, and like, right. and they and they they even made a whole discussion about like at the beginning of this is like we're going to continue to do this because we have other people that need a, that re, that rely on the show for a paycheck, and we would like to continue to give them money. So we they were like we stand with the writers. The rest of our team needs money. Right, so the fact that you didn't know this and that you missed this, major screw up on KJP's end. Like, if you don't want to go on that show, that's fine or whatever. That's your right because, you know, your union beliefs or whatever, support for unions. But don't do that at the last minute because you just realized 
something that was a big story when the strike happened and has been something that Whoopi has mentioned almost on the daily at the beginning of every single show. Come on, guys. Yeah. That, I mean, again, that's one of those things, regardless of politics, that's just wonder, kind of an organizational inter- faux pas. I wonder what or- what intern they're going to bl- – which intern they're going to blame this on. <laughs> yeah. Just you blame- didn't track. You didn't track this. Oh, my gosh. This Where's was my your, coffee? This was the should have been the easiest booking. No. Yeah. Uh, last thing we want to talk about here. Uh, mm-hmm. This is something for you, Nick. So this was a big story while I was on vacation, the white powder story yes. to Republicans. And so we do have an update on that. It was a big story, it seemed like, while I was on vacation, so, and I kind of followed it. But we finally have an update. So basically on uh, June 17th, we started hearing reports, and the story broke, that Republicans in Kansas were receiving envelopes addressed to them at their homes, in most instances, uh, where they would have white uh, with an envelope inside it would be white powder and a note that says uh, be careful not to choke on your aspirations which to me sort of sounds vaguely what that what uh, Vader said to uh, Commander Krennic in, oh, yeah. in Rogue One <laughs> when he choked him uh, and it's it's it started off as Republicans in Kansas it's spread now to Republicans in Tennessee Montana and to President uh, former President Trump and Justice Clarence Thomas and this has been going on since the 17th and NBC has not done a single second of this story on any of their flagship newscasts. That's not uh, the Today Show or NBC Nightly News or their Sunday shows. Nothing. CBS did have a uh, one mention on June 22nd, which only lasted. It was a 20 second news brief. But ABC admirably has been actually doing fairly regular updates on this. They did one update like every day during the weekend and then on, on then during the first half of the week. Um, then it sort of fell off and then we started getting the note, the, the updates about Trump and Clarence Thomas. They had an update today. They had an exclusive interview uh, with the uh, the director of Kansas's uh, federal uh, bureau, B- Kansas the Kansas KBI. bureau, yeah KBI Kansas Bureau of Investigation, and the guy he didn't want to go into details about suspects or the the nature of the case, but they said that they were basically very close to close. They're about to get the guy. Who's yeah, behind it, this. if you watch the clip or listen to the or read the full cl- uh, quote, you're like. He's he's that he's very confident. Yeah, that guy. I bet you this guy was dumb enough to lick the envelope and they, the envelopes and they have DNA evidence. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what Nick told me this earlier, and I was like, uh, yeah, that sounds uh, huh. uh. So, but luckily, the powder itself is not a biological agent. It's probably like talcum powder or something like that. But uh, the 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 off, uh, the director himself said that this has taken away, even though it's it. It is not a biological agent. It is very harmful either way because it has taken so many officers and and state resources like hazmat crews and SWAT teams to handle all this stuff. They had actually missed out on a massive fentanyl bust because they had to divert resources away from that to to protect uh, state leaders. So... Because of whoever this is, there's now just a ton of fentanyl on the street that's about to like kill a whole bunch of ca- people in Kansas or wherever its ultimate destination is. Great job, everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that CBS has not done updates on this, NBC has ignored this at all, is absolutely unacceptable. 
Yeah, it it seems like a thing that again and the lecture and the issue were on the other foot, you know. Yeah, and they'll lecture us about how it's now more dangerous than ever for members of Congress and politicians. Well, well they'll just but say it, yeah. they'll just say it's more dangerous than ever to be an elected official or an election worker or judge or things like that. Uh, you know, and all the people that they talk to are Democrats, and you're like, or or like some like you know, yeah. uh, moderate Republican or whatever. But you know, this involved like real solid conservatives, Republicans across the spectrum. So yeah. Um, rich white liberal wine mom story hour would not be caught. I was going to say with their pants down, but oh. that's actually, that's no. actually without an empty wine glass there or let's, go. let's do that. Uh, there we they, go. they wouldn't be caught <laughs> in the bathroom drunk, uh, and ready to puke without covering that story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that we're going to keep an eye on. We're going to keep an eye on Hunter Biden. We've got SCOTUS cases. I imagine that's going to be a big part of Friday's show, the coverage re- reacting Ooh. to that. Oh, if yeah. we have any re- reaction to Biden's uh, factually challenged Bidenomic speech today, we will have that. Plus anything else. You know, Jimmy Carter's still alive, so you never know. Uh, <laughs> things can change in an instant. Uh, And when they do, we will be here to cover how the media covered it and what the media say and didn't say. So for Nick Fonacaro, I'm Curtis Houck. And for all of us at Newsbusters, come to our site, newsbusters.org, once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.